We're continuing to track the latest, the uh, ongoing chaos on Capitol Hill involving uh, the votes for the next Speaker of the House. We're joined by ABC News political analyst Steve Roberts in Washington. And Steve, it was quite the uh, contentious day yesterday. And what's ahead for Kevin McCarthy and his bid for Speaker? Well, it's very uncertain. I mean, the 19 or 20 House members who voted against him seem pretty adamant. And without their votes, he just can't win. And one of them, Bob Good of Virginia, said last night, Kevin McCarthy will never be speaker. Let's remember this happened once before. 2015, McCarthy was supposed to be the speaker, and a very similar revolt of um, conservatives blocked him then. Um, he bowed out before the vote, and a consensus candidate, Paul Ryan, had run for vice president, uh, emerged and served as speaker for four years. Something like that could happen again where uh, someone other than McCarthy emerges who's broadly acceptable to the Republican base. But it's not just that this happened in 2015. This has been building for 25 years in the Republican caucus. I went back, I covered the Congress for the New York Times for eight years, and in 1998, Newt Gingrich was the speaker, and he faced a very similar revolt where a group of very hardline conservatives uh, would not vote for spending bills to fund the government, and this is, uh, Gingrich called his own conservatives the perfectionist caucus, and he accused them of cannibalism. That's the word. Now, you know, and in 2011, the Republican Speaker John Boehner called the same group uh, legislative terrorists. And that's not a Democrat. That's a Republican Speaker talking about his own members. So this tension between the leadership of the party that wants to be reasonably, wants to compromise, wants to keep the government funded, wants to make progress and compromises an essential ingredient in any kind of legislative progress. But you have this group of hardliners who absolutely refuse to consider compromise in any form. And that's really the difference. Um, and, and they've been emboldened by social media. They're not counting votes on Capitol Hill. They're counting their Twitter followers. And, uh, you know, Lauren Boebert from uh, Western Colorado is a very good example of this. She's become a national figure on social media. And she has no interest in, in, in legislation. What she's interested in is building her personal brand on social media. And that's why it's so difficult to resolve this problem for the Republicans. Yeah, Lauren Boebert also represents uh, the county of Pueblo, which is just to the south of Colorado Springs. So uh, definitely something that we have a lot of interest in in what she's up to. Because like you said, if if it's so difficult to, uh, you know, do this process of 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 electing uh, who's going to be their, you know, their leader, the Speaker of the House, how can legislating then be done in any less chaotic of a way? Well, that's exactly right. And that's, that's a, there are two takeaways from yesterday. No matter what happens today, no matter who is, who is speaker, there are two things that we know to be true. One is that this has done a lot of damage politically to the Republicans. The chairman of the Republican National Committee, Ron McDaniel, on Fox last night said, what happened yesterday was exactly what the Democrats want to have happen. This picture to the nation of a Republican Party in such disarray, in such dysfunction, they can't even choose their own leader. And that just adds to that sense of chaos that has been um, plaguing a Republican Party led by Donald Trump. But the other takeaway here is that these 20 people are not going away. No matter what happens today or tomorrow, 
they have seen their power, and they have shown that they have the ability to bring the House to a halt. And that means whoever is Speaker is going to be presiding over a body for the next two years that's going to have a lot of trouble uh, performing even the most basic tasks of government, passing spending bills. And you got there's another issue that's looming in the horizon. It's called the debt ceiling. The federal government only has a certain uh, authority to borrow a certain amount of money. Most economists think that that limit is going to be reached sometime next summer. And these hardliners are already threatened to hold up the debt ceiling, raising the debt ceiling. If that were to happen, if somehow America's creditworthiness and reputation for financial solidity was called into question around the world, that could be enormously damaging to the American economy. And that's in some ways, the most serious takeaway from yesterday, that um, whoever is speaker is going to have a great deal of trouble getting anything done in the next two years. Now, Steve, is there a consensus, uh, maybe, you know, number two, or a consensus uh, candidate for speaker that's uh, being percolated right now with the uh, kind of uh, number of people saying it will never be Kevin McCarthy? No, it's a good question, uh, because... Um, uh, some people think the number two man, Steve Scalise from Louisiana, can take the job, but he's been so much a part of the McCarthy team that he's kind of tainted with that. The moderates in the party, however many are left, will never accept a hard right candidate like Jim Jordan of Ohio, who got 20 votes yesterday. You've got to look back to 2015 when McCarthy failed in his previous bid. Paul Ryan, as I mentioned, emerged as a sort of senior, widely regarded, conservative but not a crazy conservative there's a man named patrick mchenry he is um, a close advisor to mccarthy but not a formal part of the leadership he's from north carolina he's been in the house now for over almost 20 years he's widely regarded on both sides of the aisle totally unknown to the general public but if a sort of a consensus candidate was to emerge keep your eye on mchenry from north carolina he's he's the kind of person uh, who could possibly fill that bill Interesting. Well, we will continue to keep an eye on this. And, uh, you know, 546 votes, that's all that Boebert uh, had in in terms of an edge over her Democratic opponent. So, uh, you know, whether or not this plays and gives her more strength or less strength will be something that we'll be observing uh, here in Colorado, of course, for the uh, months to come. Thank you so much, Steve Roberts. Always a pleasure to talk to you. Steve is ABC News analyst. Thank you.